essential aspect of being a human. In personality psychology, it's posited that people grow by taking in information and learning from their experience. When we're resistant to that, we're deemed stubborn at best and disordered high-maintenance fuckwads like certain podcast co-hosts I know. But back to growth. We grow during puberty. We grow in height and musculature. We grow body hair and even in emotional maturity. Growth is change, and change is how we evolve. And trust me, no creature in history has evolved as much as the vampire. Once thought to be this decaying, starved, nasty, reanimated corpse, spreading disease and draining innocent Eastern European peasants of their lifeblood, has evolved into this poised, calculating, romantic, beautiful, dangerous, fuckable predator who transcends sexuality and gender as much as they transcend life and death. <laughs> no, 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 no. The vampire does not bother itself with the binary shackles of us mere mortals. Oh, hell no. They are beyond as fuck. By the mid-1900s, the vampire had evolved into a representation of self-indulgence, living beyond heteronormativity and landing squarely in the realm of queerness. The late Anne Rice spoke to queer audiences, understood them up to that point when she created two iconic characters, gave vampire power couple Lestat and Louis in the series The Vampire Chronicles. Hi, I'm high maintenance and a fuckwad, also known as Paul. Hi, high maintenance and fuckwad Paul. I'm Pablo, and welcome to Scared Gay a horror movie podcast with a gay agenda. And today we are talking about Interview with the Vampire. Ooh. I love this movie, but you know what other movie I want to hear about is Pablo. I would <laughs> love to hear how your life was a horror movie this week. Oh my God, take it down, dramatic fuckwad. <laughs> just kidding. Love you, Paul. Okay, okay everyone just had to listen to your SAT riddled uh, fucking intro. Okay, continue. <laughs> Okay, you know what's been going on with me. I'm like essentially a host right now. I got a breakthrough case of COVID and it fucking sucks. I am not into this. It's really annoying AF. Oh, you know, you got no idea. I feel bad because I tested positive a few days ago. And like the first day and a half, I had like a fever and headaches and body aches. And then that went away. Chris has been feeling sick and he keeps testing negative. So we don't know what's going on, but it sucks. I'm still positive. Well, I hope you feel better soon. Thank you. How was your life a horror movie? So I have this app called TimeHop, which syncs to like all your socials and it gives you like a snapshot. Think of like Facebook memories, but my mm -hmm. friends and I send the stuff to each other. It's actually really fun. But lately, um, my past has been coming back to haunt me. <laughs> and seeing Facebook posts that I have neglected to delete or pictures, but mainly being reminded of when I was 18 and I had a goatee no, before no, no, it came no. out. I was hiding, <laughs> my sexuality was hiding behind a nasty, like, goatee that didn't really connect. It was not cute. Then I came out and the goatee came off. <laughs> Go, you come out, goatee goes away. Damn. It's like a ghosts of gay lives past. Yeah. Funny, actually, speaking of that, when I was in high school growing up, I had this cat. And then when I went away to school, my cat then started living in my mom's walk-in closet. And she was the one to point out. I think it's funny that you came out of the closet and your cat... <laughs> went to go live in mine <laughs> <laughs> whoa who's your mom Anne rice she we're gonna be talking about her in just a little bit so <laughs> oh i can't wait damn interview with the vampire or as i've been calling it all day interview with a vampire interview with the vampire tell me how did you first see this film i actually accidentally keep calling it interview with the vampire slayer <laughs> this <laughs> my mom took me to go see it in theaters talked about it last week i was allowed to watch like whatever the fuck i wanted like great mom and everything but i think it was mostly i mean she wanted to go see it so she took us but i watched it at a very young age this movie i actually have a lot of 
connection. So my mom read the book. So I, and I read the books at a pretty young age, both this and then the, the next one in the series, which is the vampire Lestat. But, you know, I was living in San Francisco. I was a kid in the city and I was also born in the South and I lived in the South in the summers. Like, so I grew up around both of those, those sides of it. So it was, that kind of connects with me. I, Anne Rice is also a Gator, aka an alum from San Francisco State University. <laughs> so, oh, I didn't know and then that. Last, really? Mm-hmm. She and her husband Stan Rice is a poet. Um, I, they both went to state. Ninety percent sure he went to state too, but they went to my college. And then, lastly, there's no relation, but the director Neil Jordan and I share a last name. Oh, this so movie was made for you, Pablo. <laughs> How about you? Um, I think I saw this a couple years later. Like, rented it with my cousins. We're all kind of the same age. Yeah, we. I, I just saw it with my cousins. Like, it was just like two of us, probably like in the middle of the day. And you know, one of the things that my cousin used to love to do is pretend to be a ballerina. You meet her now, and she's this very like elegant woman. But when she was a kid, she was a fucking psychopath and she would pretend to be a ballerina and she'd be like, she would like make us watch her do ballet and she would always end with it doing like a ballet jump in front of our faces and farting on us. <laughs> she thought it was funny. And that probably was like happening around the time we were watching this. Are you sure this is your cousin? Cause that also sounds like a Pablo, <laughs> a Pablo oh. feat that he would do ballet jumps. A grand jeté. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's like a, it's a pure family thing. Awesome. All right. So let's get into some of the history. So this movie came out November 11th, 1994, based on the book, I Interview with the Vampire Slayer, which was published in 1976. This movie was stuck in development hell for years and years and years. Um, and to where even like Lestat was actually modeled after Rucker Hauer. I it's it, and you can see the book came out in 1976. So there had been a whole bunch of different directors, actors. So there'd been going back and forth. There were all these different rewrites before we finally got to it in 1994. But when we got there, it was directed by Neil Jordan, screenplay by Anne Rice, I produced by David Geffen and Stephen Woolley, and it was shot on location in San Francisco, uh, New Orleans, London. I think Paris, but yeah. or did they have London? They 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 went to Paris. They had like um they in the credits you see like the person who helped out in the Paris shoots, like um, mm. assistant manager of Paris, whatever. Like yeah, in the Paris shoots or the Paris shoots, um in the porno in the porno A Night in Paris, starring Paris Hilton. You, <laughs> you know, it was a, probably a deleted scene in this movie. <laughs> Um, it's the nineties. People can do whatever they want. Like, I don't, you know me, I don't judge, but go ahead, judgy. So fuckwad is going to continue uh, to talk and say, Brad Pitt fucking was miserable. He tried to get out of the contract. A lot of this trivia, you know, people know and everything, but I just think this is fucking hilarious that he was so fucking miserable. I, uh, and then he tried to get out of his contract. He reached out to Geffen. Um, and they were like, okay, it's going to cost you like $40 million. And so he's like, okay, I guess I'll stay. What? Uh, but he but hated he was, it. Yeah. He was such a good actor in it. Huh? Of course. Yeah. You can tell he was miserable. She's going to go in. <laughs> like, yeah. Fucking I movie. mean, Kim Kardashian was a better actress on SNL. Like he needs to take his annex. Calm down. The poodles were better. Anyway. So mm. he was miserable. Why? Then they also, well, cause the, the shooting was really tough. Like to get into makeup, they had all the vampires hang upside down for 30 minutes before they applied their makeup. Uh, they had so that they could see all their veins and everything. Yeah. Fucking nuts. Including a child. River Phoenix. Uh, the late River Phoenix. He was supposed to play uh, the book in the book. It's he's just referred to as the boy, but Christian Slater, they gave him the name Malloy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he River Phoenix was supposed to play the boy Malloy, and then he, but unfortunately, he passed away in front of the Viper Room right before this happened. So Christian Slater uh, stepped in, but he donated his salary to River Phoenix's uh, favorite charities. So 
Oh, that's sweet. So yeah. he didn't murder River Phoenix to play the boy, a.k.a. Malloy. Malloy the boy. I said it. You were thinking it. I said it. It's what I do. It's my nature. You want to know what I was thinking? No. I already told you what you were thinking. No, I was thinking, shut the fuck up and let me get through this. Otherwise, this is going to be a six-hour episode. <laughs> Chris, whenever he <laughs> listens to our podcast, he's always like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Paul wants you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's visceral. I'm just kidding. Love you. Love it. Love you, too. Uh, so, Anne Rice was not about Tom Cruise <laughs> playing Lestat. She, there were a whole bunch of other people. Daniel Day-Lewis was actually going to be, uh, uh, play Lestat first. Like, say what you will about Tom Cruise. He fucking kills it in this movie. No, Tom Cruise is amazing. Though I would have loved to see another actor. Oh my God, imagine Bobcat Goldthwait if he would have played <laughs> Lestat. He's like, Louie, don't you want to eat a person, Louie? <laughs> or the guy who played Iago. Oh, that would have been so good. What? The guy who played Iago. Like, yeah, in Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yeah. Gilbert Godfrey. Starring Gilbert Godfrey as the vampire Lestat. <laughs> I don't I can't well, even do it. <laughs> Tom Cruise had to stand on a uh, platform during a lot of the scenes and everything because Brad Pitt's like six foot one. And, and Tom Cruise is five foot uh, one. Tom is five foot question mark <laughs> so <laughs> uh Terrible but anyway, no but, but he was great but when Anne Rice finally saw it uh she was like okay JK he's great so then she actually put a two-page ad I don't remember which publication it was but she put a two-page ad two-page ad for the movie so she came around she fucking hated the sequel though which <laughs> queen of the damned yeah we're never going to do an episode on that one. It just sucks. Although, Aaliyah's amazing in it. I mean, but... Aaliyah is Aaliyah. She's amazing. And then quickly running through the cast, uh, Brad Pitt It plays the fucking despondent, boring-ass, piece of shit, <laughs> beige-ass oh motherfucker, oh Louis Dupont de Lac. Uh, Tom Cruise plays Lestat. Kirsten Dunst, in one of the best child performances I think I've ever seen, plays Claudia. Christian Slater plays the boy. Antonio Banderas plays Armand. Uh, then we have Thandie Newton as Yvette. And then a whole there's a giant list of characters. Yeah, there's so many characters, like 10 characters listed as Vampire 1, Vampire 2, Vampire 3. And I think that's awesome. But I do think it's great that um, Tandy Newton's in this. Like, I actually always found that yeah. really interesting. And I do want to say, Kirsten Dunst is the best actress actor in this film oh my god it's amazing she's such an underrated actress like i mean well she doesn't get the recognition she deserves wasn't she like, in crazy stupid love or some shit like that i don't know i just know her. there was one with jay rodriguez or yes whatever but she was obviously in bring it on she was in all like Whole, but she was also in Melancholia, The Bachelorette. Yes. I love that movie. Uh, she's been in so many things where she's like really good, but she doesn't get the recognition she deserves. I didn't finish it, but she was in that Showtime show about the MLM, uh, how to become hmm. royalty in South Florida or something like that. But she is an amazing actress, and I, I agree. She kind of reminds me of Marsha Gay Harden in the sense that. You, you know her face, you know her name, you can see some stuff, but like there's something, their acting is so powerful. They're so good at it, but they, they're not given the respect that they deserve based on how great they are at acting and every character that they do. And I just wanted to say Marsha Gay Harden over and over again. Marsha Gay Harden, Marsha Gay Harden, Marsha Gay Harden. She doesn't appear in a mirror or anything. Marsha scared gay Harden. <gasps> oh, that was good. She, Christina Ricci, like there's so many good like child actors. Christina Clearly. Ricci was actually up for this part too. Also, randomly, you know who else was up for it? it was Julia Stiles. Oh, I'm not surprised, Julia. But I mean, Julia Stiles could not pull off Claudia. I'm sorry, Kirsten Dunst. No. <laughs> or as I like to call, I kept calling her um, Kirsty Durst. <laughs> Kirsty Durst. And Chris was like, get it right. 
Um, Kirsten Dunst is Claudia. Claudia is She's Kirsten so good. Dunst. And this is like mm-hmm. her second movie. Yeah, well, she's a little kid. What was her first movie? Her birthing she was film? 12. Okay, I will never understand why people film that stuff. I remember my one of my sisters, <laughs> uh, one of the in-laws show, or tried to show up with like a camera or something to be like, oh, we're ready. And I, it was either my mom or my sister that was like, get the fuck out of here with that camera. <laughs> like, Whoa. no fucking way. Um, yeah, that's... Anyway. Okay. You know me, I don't judge. I just... Fucking okay, nasty. maybe I'm... Okay. Am I judging? Was your birth filmed? My parents were immigrants in this country when I was born. Like, they were more likely to etch a sketch my birth. Okay, they didn't have a camera. <laughs> like, it's not gonna happen. My sisters, my sisters were in the room when I was born, and they were sixteen and thirteen. And then they took me around the hospital. My mom didn't get to hold me for like a half an hour because my sisters disappeared with me apparently because they like took me and they were walking around the hospital showing me, <laughs> me to everyone like a little toy. Um, oh, that's adorable. And then my other one of my sisters, really fast, she was in the room when she saw my mom give birth to me. But then when my eldest sister gave birth, she was in the room and she fucking like almost passed out to where the nurses had to start paying attention to her. My sister's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the characters. Okay, so first off, let's talk about Louie. Louie, Louie. Wow, Because that's all he does is fucking cry throughout this whole damn fucking... What the fuck is he? He's like a Tumblr post. That's what he is. It's all just like moody and sad and just like, ugh, bring a book and some fucking... I wouldn't... I can't. I I wouldn't even say he's a Tumblr post because Tumblr at least has porn or used to. Um, and it was exciting. I would call him a Facebook post because he's also a fucking racist slave owner. <laughs> yes. I was like, no. Okay. For real. The whole entire time I was watching this, I was like, uh, this bitch owns slaves, but he's like, he draws a line at killing someone. You own fucking slaves, bitch. You are a terrible person. Like take a fucking Xanax and take a seat. Like, Calm down. A slave owner with a heart of gold. <laughs> And they do treat, and the slaves do kind of talk to him like, we want our master back. And I was like, what? <sighs> Louis is so fucking insufferable. He's such a little he bitch. Such oh, a little I bitch. I can't, he, I can't, I can't. He's, he's less insufferable in the, or in the books than he is in this. But one of the best parts that Tom Cruise. A release from the pain of living. Oh, Louis, Louis. Still whining, Louis. Have you heard enough? But it was I've had to listen to that for centuries. God, I can't. Like, the whole entire time you're watching this, like, fucking just stand out in the sun. Like, calm the fuck down. Shut the fuck up. Get over it. Like, you're dead yeah. now. You're this. Like, oh, my God. He is really fucking annoying. But you know what? He is a tumblr post for me because i do find him like the undead brad pitt to be very attractive <laughs> like i as a kid i was like oh i had a crush on him i was like oh he's sexy i hate that he's a whiny little punk ass bitch but oh he's sexy maybe he was just annoyed because his extensions were like girl I, that hair and here's the thing i thought vampires had a glow up and like bitch that's it that's the fucking hair you stay with that frizzy like fucking shit so that's the thing that is confusing because when Claudia gets turned, she gets this like perm. His hair doesn't change. Maybe they're oh. like, maybe the beauty, the vampire god, they're like the beauty standards are like, ah, oh, she needs ringlets. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. she's like, oh no, we're going for a middle part for fucking well, Here's what I kind of thought because I was like, what the fuck? I thought like when you become a vampire, you're like at your potential. And so he was an adult. He was already at like his best potential and she when we meet her is like poor and like um her she's like in dirt essentially with a dead mom like unkempt untaken care of so dead means she just kind of goes back to the regular state of her being cute and all this stuff that we didn't have the opportunity to see her in but still with louis he's supposed to be the sympathetic character he's supposed to be he's a pathetic character 
Sorry, he, I, I don't. I don't think he's sympathetic. I think he's pathetic. Oh, oh! At first, I thought you were correcting. I thought I mispronounced sympathetic. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, never mind, <laughs> listeners. <clears throat> but no. But he's supposed to be the character that like you like, and it's just like it's another example of like a final girl that like should have died. Who sucks? I'm I'm one thousand percent coming at you, Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I know what you did last summer. I knew it. I knew you were gonna say that. He sucks. No pun intended. What else do we want to say on Louis? I at the when we go into my anal sess, I'm gonna again use my anal <laughs> for a couple of things. One of which I'm gonna talk about some of the differences from the book and the movie because there's some really fucking interesting stuff that's different. Cool, I can't wait. Okay, so now we have Lestat. Lestat is played by I keep wanting to say Tom Hanks. Lestat is played by Gilbert Godfrey in my fantasies. But in this one, he's played by Tom Cruise. Um, he's a lot more vicious. It's kind of interesting. It reminds me of like when you enter a gay bar, there's like the guy who okay. like knows the ropes. And then he's like showing like, oh, you're from the small town and you just came out of the closet. I'll show you how to be a San Francisco A-lister, you know? Like that's what I felt like Lestat was. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Lestat's a club promoter. He totally <laughs> like, is. He's a like, club I know the guy. I know the coke dealer. <laughs> you know, Stick like with everyone. me, kid. Stick with me, kid. I'll introduce you to the, all the best bartenders. <laughs> but also, I don't have anywhere to live. Can I come live at your plantation? <laughs> right. And I was like, what the fuck? He was just like wandering around whorehouses. Which, well, I will say that was a total, total gay bar. Like, don't even get me started. So Tom Cruise. I I have an interesting thing about Tom Cruise. I think he is deplorable. I think Scientology is a cult. However, Tom Cruise was part of my like sexual awakening. <laughs> I always thought he was really hot. Still do, especially younger him. Uh, his sex scene and Jerry Maguire, uh, you know, gave me some early feelings. Um, no, I'm, hey, it's totally fine. You're attracted but to he's... conservative Scientologists. Like, I get it. Um, no, but actually he's really good in this movie. I'm going to say this is his best performance of his career. Uh, yeah, it's, he does a really good job here. He really plays it both nuanced as, as, and he does a really good job being both a family man and also an evil being like, and, you know, and like, it's great. I, I'm, I was really impressed by him and like watching it as adult, I'm impressed by him. He's fucking gay. Well, he's bi. He's pan. He's whatever. Like, everything about him is just so sexual. It's all this stuff. But, like, and they totally play into it. It's one of those things where it's like, how the fuck did people not realize that this is as gay as it fucking as it was? It's like George Michael. When you watch the Faith music video, you're like, wait, you guys were shocked? Or when you see pictures of me when I was three, wait, you guys are shocked that this oh person God. is gay? It's like people looking at pictures of, of uh, what's, what's his fucking name? Liberace and being like, oh, that's a ladies man. It's like, what? For real. And I'm talking about you when you were three. I'm not going to disagree with that. Don't. Uh, I would put on performances. I would. I still remember the choreography to "Open Your Heart" from Madonna. I did not have friends. I had a VHS player, one of which my sister had the Blonde Ambition tour on tape. I'll do it for you sometime. I just need a chair. Years ago, one of my really conservative cousins, she posted on my Facebook post about Madonna. I said something about Madonna and she's like, I remember when you were four years old rolling around on a pool deck showing my friends how to do the like virgin dance. I'm obsessed. When I was about three and four, my parents filmed me because I put a performance on for them how to dance. I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston and I had little butt shakes and everything. We did the exact same thing. I love it. That's Amazing. Yeah. And my grandma was always like, you're so talented. Um, okay. So moving on, we're going to move on to gay icon Claudia, the child vampire played by Kirsten Dunst. This was an obsession. She was an obsession of mine when I was a child. Like I wanted to be Claudia. She is vicious. 
and childish and everything. And she has an evolution. She matures in age and, but not physically. It is utterly fascinating. It's, she's an amazing character and no one could play this character better than Kirsten Dunst did. She fucking kills this. And she, at that age, she's like 11 or 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And she is delivering lines that are coming from what would technically be the mind of like a 30, 50, 60 year old woman. Her being able to do this at such a young age just shows her fucking crazy amount of talent. She was 11 or 12 and she played this role where she goes from being a five year old, then she's a like obstinate teenager, then she's going through stuff, and then she's the soon ye to Woody Allen. Like she was able to play like. <laughs> She was able to play like Louis's wife because at the that's I don't look at it that way. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as a mother daughter. I think it's a mother daughter thing. Armand says it. That is not your your daughter. That is your lover. And Louis just is like taken aback. And the way that they talk when she's like, we're leaving and does all these things, she plays it like it's his wife and she's upset. And like it, but it, what, what I'm saying is she plays it with so much maturity to be able to have the nuance of like, this yep. isn't, he is not your a father figure. He is a peer to you and you are his age. You are an adult. Holy shit. The dynamic between the two of them, because they're also in certain ways, I guess you could consider them like siblings because Lestat is the one who turns both of them. But she's just so in it. Like she's this child. That wasn't even, she wasn't allowed to watch the movie until she was older. Her parents wouldn't let her watch it, which is also questionable. It's like, okay, we'll have you like act in it, but we won't let you watch it. So like, we'll take money. But I think this is a common thing with a lot of like child actors though. Like they don't necessarily, like the kid from The Shining, he didn't know that he was in a scary movie. He thought it was a comedy. Yeah, I mean, like, she's probably old enough to know that it is a scary movie. So that, because, I mean, she cuts someone's throat open in this and she does stuff. But I, I can imagine, like, knowing what you're doing is going to be very different than then seeing the final product. I, I mean, if I had a, I kept thinking, like, this is Chris, me, and Debbie. Like, if Debbie was in this film, my puppy, like, I, I would be like, she's too young. She can see it later. Um, just because I, I, I think it makes sense. If it's Chris, you and Debbie, who's who? <laughs> oh, I'm Lestat. I am for sure Lestat. I am like, I'd be like, yeah, let's kill people. My, I'm fucking, I don't care. I'm hungry. And like, Chris would be a little more like kind and he's a lot softer. And um, Debbie is adorable, but she bites. <laughs> um, I think this is also super well known, but Claudia in the book is six, five, five years old. They turn her. So she lives as like a third. So she's five years old the entire time, like that same size. So, like, they did age her up a little bit, which obviously makes more sense. May that's one of the decisions, the changes that they make that I think really works, at least just visually. Because also, she kisses Brad Pitt. She thought yeah. that he had cooties and all this stuff. But, well, I mean, like, you can tell that scene that she, you know, she's not fucking like tonguing him down she's not like oh daddy let me toss your mouth salad like she's not doing that but what she's doing it she just like covers her mouth and like she probably like kisses her hand like it looks pretty obvious but we get what we're supposed to do and you know they've asked her about it and she's like yeah i don't really kiss him like it was kind of like i just had to pretend and i thought he was gross but she thought it was gross yeah and she does think of, and it's like yeah yeah but i mean I, I'm, I'm, I don't think she's like putting mouth to mouth Wait, she wasn't. What, what did you say a few episodes? Tonguing his shit box? Maybe. <laughs> well, no, we, we're not saying that. Like, Lestat, Lestat was definitely tonguing Louis' shit box. Oh, yeah. He was like, you know what? I, I don't need to suck your blood, but I'll suck the farts out of your hole. It's actually more rich. <laughs> I get more iron. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so moving on. Malloy, aka the boy, played by Christian Slater. And he's just interviewing Louis, but then he really is like, make me a vampire. He's kind of frustrated with Louis. I get vibes from the boy that he would be the prime target to join a cult. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? 
that he would very easily like join Nexium or something like that and be the only male to get branded. <laughs> and then Louis, you know, being a fucking martyr again, being like, you don't understand what I'm trying to convey the the like dark and sadness. Fuck off, Louis. Louis like- <laughs> is such Louis is such a 15 year old goth boy at Hot Topic. You don't know what it's like. <sighs> he's just there. I mean, he's there and he's supposed to listen. Of course, he moves the plot along. Yeah. That's about it. Um, but then I think we have the what, who is considered the overtly queer character, Armand, played by what the fuck is his name? Oh my god, I keep wanting to say Sylvester Stallone, but it's not Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Banderas. <laughs> um, Antonio, <laughs> yes, played by Antonio Banderas, who also had like a gross wig. I'm sorry, it just it didn't work. Oh, yeah, that was a snooky wig. Like he, like. <laughs> He looks like fucking Snooky. In the book, Armand is like 15 to 20 and a redhead Hmm. and Russian or like some sort of European. Um, But I actually thought he was a very sexy character. But his his character actually, to me, seems pretty vicious. I do think I get the sense and I, I may have been wrong or I may be totally right. And I shouldn't assume this. He's the one who like set in motion for them to kill Claudia and like capture her and do yeah. everything. And he set this all up so that he can get Louie Louie. In the book, he tells Louis, uh, like years later that he was the one effectively because he was in love with him, but he was the one to kind of spring everything. Uh, Cause Lestat in the, in the book, Lestat is that actually shows up when that happens, like when all that stuff is going down, but then Lestat freaks out because he's like, no, just kill Claudia. Just kill Claudia. When they take Louis away, he's like, no, 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 not Louis, not Louis. She, he didn't do this. Claudia is the one who needs to be punished. Kill that bitch. Not my, you know, my really annoying beige bottom. Wow. Beige bottom. Mark my words. People are going to start identifying as beige bottom. I do think the Parisian vampires are fucking awesome. My favorite is that redheaded girl and i'm talking about the the film the redheaded woman there's just something really sinister about her bone structure and the way she's like come with me like everything about her is awesome i want a movie about her fucking i loved her i like oh she was great let's go a little bit into the movie so See if I can do this in less than 60 seconds. I'm going to do the biggest, like, the quickest rundown, and then we'll go into, like, the scenes that really stand out to us. Ready, set, go. Louis meets Boy, tells him that he turned in, in like, the 1700s. He is, like, sad, family dies, is, like, walking around, wants to die, and he's with a hooker, and the pimp does a killer, but then, like, no, and the set's like, I'm going to save you, and then he's like, don't you want to die? And he's like, I don't want to die, but I do want to die, and he's like, all right, so I'll bite you, and, like, it was super ecstasy and, like, gorgeous, and then he drops him, and, like, then he comes back, and then he turns him, and then he's like, oh, my God, this woman can open her eyes, and she's a statue, and then he's, like, taking him around, and he's like, eat this woman, and he's like, I don't want to, I'll eat the dog, and he's like, eating dogs and rats, no, and then, like, meet this hooker, and like eat the hooker and he's like ah, i don't want to and he's like no and then he meets a little girl and eats the little girl but then they turn her into claudia and then claudia is like a brat and they're raising her like a family and they love her and she's like i love you mom papa and papa too and like everything is in love and then she's like i'm not in love with you because i want to have boobs and i want to be a person and fuck you and kills us that and then they're like ah we gotta leave so they go to paris and in paris they're like let's go check stuff out and then they're like oh my god people find out and like Armand is like, I'm in love with you. And then, you know, Claudia's like, they're going to find out that I killed the staff, but this guy wants you and like, give me a woman. And then like, he gives her a woman and then they kill her. And then he's like, no. And then, you know, he tells Armand, I'm not going to be with you. And then he like leaves. And then he's like, whoa, around and he watches movies. And then he meets the stat and the stats like a shell of himself. And he's like, oh, okay, bye bitch. And then like, he goes to San Francisco and he's like, all right, it's my story. And then the guy's like, no, you should, that's it. Like, oh my God, don't be pathetic. And then he's like, I'm leaving. And then he goes and the stat kills him. And then he drives off. On the Golden Gate Bridge. That's the whole film in a rundown. I'm pretty sure that was over 60 seconds. So let's have you do it again. No. I tried. Um, but yeah, but... Um, I by think- the way, listeners, I muted myself and I walked away and I was like pouring myself more water. <laughs> ah! I need that water. Um, okay, no, but let, let's go into like the scenes that really kind of stick out. Um, 
quickly, I do just want to say for all of our listeners that are in San Francisco or are familiar with San Francisco, this takes place at 10th and uh, like 10th and Market. So kind of near the theater district in the Tenderloin and not the best area. How does Malloy have a red Ford convertible parked in the fucking Tenderloin and ain't no homeless person shit in the back seat. It's like still there and he can like still get in it. Ain't no one trying to do shit. I was like, th- I can believe that like there's vampires and everything. I cannot believe that this car wasn't fucking fucked with. Maybe because Lestat got in the back seat and like uh, was just hissing everyone who tried to go up and steal parts. <laughs> it would not work today. Like, no, that car would not survive. And the Tenderloin, I think, was even rougher back then. Moving on to when Lestat Lestat turns Louis. Mm-hmm. So Louis is sad. He's depressed. He wants to die. Like, he is done with his life. And we meet him, you know, just talking about it. But, like, there, there's, like, a scene where he's, like, he wants this guy to shoot him in the chest. He's, you know, they were playing cards. And he's, like, shoot me, bitch. And um, Okay, but that was hot. That was hot when he opens up and he sh- <laughs> reveals his, like, nice packs on a freshly waxed <laughs> chest it was nice yeah no 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 it, 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 it catches the attention of lestat who was just like scoping him out and then like cruised him out the door when louis takes um a prostitute and he's like gonna have sex with her you know sex prostitute- worker we don't use the term prostitute anymore we okay. use the term sex worker okay well they called her something else in the movie <laughs> Yeah, he was also a slave owner. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's changed, Pablo. I'm using the 90s terminology, bitch. No, um, no, for sure. Um, and then Lestat, <laughs> you know, like Lestat saves him from being killed by her pimp and um, bites him. And that bite is so orgasmic. Like, I, I can, like, feel that hickey coming on just watching them. And the way... Like, all I thought was, like, I bet, like, Brad Pitt is, like, oh, my God, Lestat, I just want to suck milk out of your fucking vampire bitch tits. Like, give me that juicy nectar of vampire milk. I feel like Brad Pitt was probably thinking, oh, my God, where can I find $40 million to get me out of this fucking production? (laughs) Right? No, That's what the vibe I got. No, but I get it. Well, the whole thing about vampires generally is, like, they're supposed to be sexy. It's supposed to be, like... You're biting on their neck, like, oh, bite me, daddy. Like, like I want you to eat my asshole. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's what Lestat does is Lestat constantly is like, are you sure you want to do this? This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Consent Lestat, is I think, sexy. But Lestat gives him the option multiple times. I And like, again, I don't want to look at this as like victim. <laughs> that's no. not That's not the way I look at it. But he is like. Granted, his other option is, do you want to die? <laughs> well, like, no, he he does want to die. He says yes, but then he says, have you tasted enough death? And he's like, yes. And then he like falls in the water and then he wakes up. And I think he has time to contemplate what's going to happen. Yeah. And and he does. He well, he gives yes. him one more sunrise. Yeah. He's like, oh, you can see your last sunrise. He's like, I'm going to give you an option I didn't have. Which is gaslight, which is like, it's like, he's manipulative. Well, but. I think it was one of those things, like he said, like, I had invited death, but the only one that like took the invitation was Lestat, you know? And so, yeah, you know, Lestat swiped right when it worked. Well, but. Lestat's like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the option I never had. Like, that's his whole kind of, like, MO. But, yeah, I mean, but... he turns, he dies. It's all dramatic. His eyes go purple. Yeah. And then it's time to eat. And they go to a party. So, a few things. Like, we start to figure out that Louis, like, loves life. And he doesn't want to kill. You know, the first time that we see this happening is um, when they go to this, like, society party. And there's this old woman with these bazoombas and this weird line on her face i have a lot i have a yeah i have a lot to say about these characters (laughs) with okay with some like young twink and we then hear that like mind reading is a thing that some vampires can do but others can't because lestat tells them 
she killed her husband and she had that little i don't know what he what he calls him i'm just gonna say power bottom the fop a fop that thought yeah that thought fop not not the thought (laughs) i'm gonna say fop i I prefer thought uh she had that thought killed her husband and then they blamed to save um and so they got away with it and so you know he tells them like the evil ones are the best so they seduce them lestat takes the thought and he takes you know granny milf granny gummers off to the side and he tries to he's like trying they're like kissing and doing all this stuff but her dogs keep barking and they're adorable little dogs and then louis can't kill her so he kills the dogs instead but lestat kills that thought i mean i probably would have been like shut the fuck up dogs (laughs) like like let me just (laughs) maybe that was why but no he didn't but also again lestat is gay as shit he takes like (laughs) this guy who his face is fucking beat for our straight listeners i uh, beat in refer- in reference to makeup <laughs> means heavy makeup really good makeup this guy if you see him his face is beat, beat, and, then he, beat, beat. and then he gets bit <laughs> yeah for real he gets bit for real like yeah he he eats them and he's young too he's like 15 19 something like that i don't know but she but yeah the woman she's like i'm old enough to be your grandmother and it's just like that old like she goes i'm very impressed with you young man and old enough to be your grandmother (laughs) it's madonna today (laughs) (laughs) right calm down Louis actually has issues with this and he fights Lestat, but like Lestat is like much more established as a vampire, so he's a lot stronger. And then there's another scene that is right after this where they are, um, you know, Louis' slaves realize that they're vampires and hate them and don't know what to do. And, you know, Louis like burns down the place and like is like, I'm done with this. And Lestat comes in after like leaving him for a bit and is like, we have to go to New Orleans. Like, fuck you. You fucked our house up. Fuck you. All this stuff. They go to New Orleans. While in New Orleans, they had just moved to New Orleans and got this cute little place by the ocean because that's what he says. And they're with these two sex workers. And this is a really hard scene for me to watch. I actually really, that woman played it really well. And um, Lestat is like loving on both of them, and they're the you know you can see that they're getting drunk, and he immediately kills one of them, and and the other woman is like, oh, I can kiss better than her, sir, and like doing all her stuff, and Louis walks in as Lestat is like sucking blood out of her breast, and she's like in ecstasy, but when she sees it she flips out and it is actually really harrowing to watch because she begs for her life they're arguing like she's not fair they're they're like in a lover's quarrel bickering about doing something but it's like she's not there and he's like end her life kill her now eat her and the woman is just like frightened and louis is like i can't no well he he throws her into that coffee table that Coffins is a coffin, and yeah, he but he like newsies. He like does this like newsies jump over it and sits on it, and his shirt's like a button open. He's just like you're totally. It's creepy because the juxtaposition against this terror that's going on, and he's just like almost a musical number. <laughs> like yeah. he's like, oh, it's fine, and then she's screaming, and Louis wants to save her, but the thing about Louis is like he keeps like, oh, I want to be a good person. I want to do all this, but at the same time doesn't he just doesn't want to be the one who like ends her life but the mere fact that they even got her already did it like it doesn't matter you know like like make it quick turn her he tells her turn her do anything do something you know who louis is who louis voted third party in the 2016 election he did or he no yeah <laughs> he's that person he is that motherfucking person and you know no no wonder like Lestat's like oh my god like i need a man and not a monkey okay you little bitch like he is ugh. do you think Lestat was ever like fuck 
God damn it. I really picked the wrong person because like he's kind of stuck with him because we literally yeah, learned well, that you can't kill other vampires and he's kind of just like, shit, like he burned down his house. <laughs> well, he Lestat is like, fuck, I hate this dude, but I like his money. <laughs> I like his fucking money, you know, which is I do. Know, Lestat funny. loves Louis. Yeah, no, he he does. He he, he does love Louis. And he respects Louis, but he is frustrated with Louis because Louis is doesn't take action. He doesn't stand up for anything. I'm done. Um, yeah, and so then I think he like flips out. And he's like, I can't do this, and he leaves. And he runs in. He meets a really sad little girl crying over the corpse of her dead mom, and feels for this little girl. But also is like, well, I it's I I, I kind of took it as like, oh, <laughs> it's like well as, it. as a gay person, you're like, fuck, I don't, I know Chick Fil A is not a good idea to go to, but fuck, I'm so hungry right now. I'm just gonna anyone. drive there and not tell anyone. <laughs> I don't know anyone here. I don't live here. Right, well, that knows what any what any gay guy would do would be like, oh, bitch, you thought you were gonna get away with this. What any other gay guy would do. They dance with the little girl's dead mom. Okay. That was okay. dark. This calls for a celebration. There's still life in the old lady yet! <laughs> that is a gay guy to say something that cruel. You'd <laughs> be oh. like, oh... So the big thing here is that Louis fed off of her and was going to kill her. Lestat shows up and it's like, oh, let me save the marriage and give us a child. I mm. let me let me put a hole in the condom really fast and get pregnant time. so yeah. that he stays. Yeah, he's like, I'm on the pill, baby. I swear I'm on the pill. And he turns Claudia into their fucking daughter and he's like, 18 years, 18 years, she got one of your kids, got you for 18 years. Well, 1800 years. 1800 years. And they're actually a happy family. It's really cute to see them as a family unit. It's This is like how, how, how I met your mother and then boom, they're raising this girl and they love her. They both kind of dote on her. What? Did you know that them as a couple inspired... Uh, Mitch and Cam for Modern Family to the writer. That's interesting. No, you didn't because I'm lying. Oh, okay. I was like, no, I was gonna say that's interesting. <laughs> and that's adorable. But see, now I wish that that was a thing. Mean. But yeah. No, but, I love Mitch and Cam. Yeah. But you know, like like any normal teenager, um, she gets mad because she can't be a woman like she wants to be. So she kills Lestat by presenting him in a this fake, like, oh, you know, we're making amends. This is total Real Housewives move. Like, oh, we're making amends and, like, we're good. But, like, the reality is you're planning something else. Gives him two boys with laudanum in their blood and then slits his throat. And then they flee for Europe. So good. Claudia is a messy bitch. And she is the kind of petty that I aspire to be one day. <laughs> I was like, I want to be a bully and mean like her. She's awesome. She, she is done. And she's like, okay, Lestat, watch me, bitch. Like she's, she might as well have been there like filing her nails being like, huh, oh, I forgot. <laughs> like, so good. So the, yeah, so they kill him. And one of the things that we I do want to say though is that was a animatronic robot of his when the blood is gushing out of his yeah. neck that's a robot that's actually not that's not tom cruise yeah it, you, but it's such good special effects no it's thing. not it's really obvious that it's a robot <laughs> i think it looks great i mean it looks good for it's him. better than the eyes moving and the uh yeah. in the cemetery they flee they get on the fucking boat Apparently there is a plague on the boat, but they're the only two that survived. Hint, hint, they fucking ate everybody. They are in Europe and they're looking for the vampires. They come across other vampires. And you really wanted to talk about this scene. I'm just going to, I just want to quickly say that the, one of the most terrifying scenes in this movie, and I think this is the scene, they end up meeting these vampires and like they have a theater where it's kind of like, 
they it's a play on the audience where they don't know that they're watching vampires actually kill people but they bring this woman on stage and the it's just as visceral as it is in the book she is there begging to be saved and everyone thinks it's a show and she gets fucking murdered and then they all jump on jump on her at the very end but she's being toyed with and she's naked and it's so vulnerable that was for me that's the hardest scene to watch wait the audience members aren't vampires i thought they were all vampires as well no the audience members i'm 90 percent sure are actual people i thought they were just entertaining the community of vampires i think because the whole because she screams for help she screams for help no wow that makes it even like adds another element that's really interesting that that's what makes it scary is that she's there pleading pleading for her fucking life yeah. Um, and everyone's just like, oh, this is a great show. It, not to reference scary movie again. <laughs> but when she's like, he's killing him. And they're like, she's such a great actress. She's the next Pamela Lee. <laughs> That's the best line. I say that every time someone's a good actress. I'm like, that's the next Pamela Lee. What, the next like major scene here is um, the death of Claudia. One of the vampires is psychic and he knows that something happened. He reads like, what did you do wrong to someone? You know, and he tells him the rule. The only crime here is when we kill one of our own. And so Claudia is now afraid and she understands that Armand is sexually attracted and desires Louis. She's like, you guys are following each other on Instagram. You're liking each other's posts all the time. Ever since you met him, you've been wearing crop tops and booty shorts, bitch. Like I know what's going on here. I'm not stupid. I may have been born at night, but I wasn't born last night. Okay. That's what happened. I may look 12, but I am six old. But, and so she like has this woman, it's like this woman who creates dolls and he doesn't want to turn her and he's like doing all this stuff. And then. But Louie again is stereotypical Louie because he's a little bitch and he's yeah. like, me, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know. I, I kind of want to leave with this other guy and I you know, can't leave you alone even though you're old as shit, but you look like a 12-year-old so you legally can't take care of yourself. But I don't know if I want to turn someone. Me, me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, just, he's so- such a bitch. Do something for someone else. Like at that point, I'm like, you're selfish as fuck. Like type, I, ugh, God, I just want to slap the bitch off of your face. Oh, fuck him. But yeah, so, you know, they kill the girl and they bury Louis alive. And um, I did think it was really unfair that they killed Madeline, too. I was like, well, if your whole entire thing is that you don't kill vampires that are innocent, like, why would you kill this innocent vampire? So what they did was they put them in, like, this cave where there's, like, a hole that leads up to the sky. And they're just there for the night and they're sleeping. And then when they wake up, the sun starts coming in. And the sun burns them alive. And they're screaming and they just, what's left of them is ashes. And it looks so painful on the skin. Madeline's even trying to They're protect. holding each other. Or her, her whole thing of trying to convince Louie to turn her is like, because this is a child that cannot die. Although I would have loved to see how that sitcom would have played out. The child who um, cannot die? Well, no, 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 with the two of them of like their their spinoff Snooki and Jay Wow series that they would have <laughs> that would have been good. And then Claudia is the best part of this fucking movie. Claudia I'm gonna is, say and it. so once she's dead, you're like, mm, okay, she, that's the best part. And the part of her where she's like growing up is the best. Like all, all of just so good. She is the best part of this film. And so Armand saves Louis because they buried him alive. And um, he saves Louis and he's like, I couldn't help him. And then, and what he does is he comes back later and sets them all on fire. And when they come out of their coffins, he cuts their heads off or cuts them in half and kills all of them. It's actually a really cool scene of carnage. I love that stuff. Um, And then he leaves and he's like living with Armand and, you know, tells them, I actually don't want to be with you. Bye. And like returns, like travels the world and then returns to the United States. And yeah, and in typical fashion, he's just like, meh, I need to go, like, do me for the next 200 years. I know. Oh, my God. Um, he is totally, like, fucking eat, pray, love his life. I'm done. But the it is good because the only time um, Brad Pitt displays any emotion that is not, I'm the fucking worst, 
is the scene where he's killing <laughs> where yeah. he's killing all of them. Oh the rest of it. The thing is, Brad Pitt's a good actor. You can tell he's miserable, but mm-hmm. he fucking does not want to be there. Well, that's good because Louis is a miserable character. But yeah, those were those were the important scenes. So, Pablo, what's your anal, sis? I wouldn't consider this like a horror film in the sense when you think of horror films, you want to be spooked. It, it has horror elements, but it really is like a drama. And what I really found fascinating, what I really appreciated about this film is the view on family dynamics and how family dynamics can actually tear you apart and keep you from like doing yourself, you know? I do find family to be wonderful and lovely and beautiful and family is incredibly important, but a toxic family dynamic will destroy every person within the family. So Claudia is a product of a toxic family unit and she is a monster and it leads to her demise. Louis, the death of his family made him have another family. He never healed. He is someone who, you know, cannot like get past anything. He brings all that into his family unit and Lestat. It's just bad. It creates toxicity. This is a toxic family. It's cute that they are a gay family, but they're still a toxic family that are is dysfunctional and that dysfunction destroys the world outside of them. It destroys them from the inside. And as they leave, they're destroyed beings. And that's one of the things that I found really fascinating about this. Um, and I will say, I do think it's a really disgusting and awkward and weird the shift from having claudia as a child to having claudia as like a peer possible romantic partner that's really fucking weird so that's my quick analysis on this paul tell me your i'm sorry describe your anal sis well actually before i do that i just want to i just want this to be on the record my sister I think I sent you the screenshot. My sister texted me and she's like, I think I know what you're saying, but every time I hear this, I just think you're talking about an anal cyst that you need to get checked out. So just just for clarity, we're talking anal cyst. S-I-S. No, Chris says the same thing. He's like, it sounds like you're saying anal cyst. Anyway, tell me about your, tell me about your anal comma cyst. (laughs) I'm going to do a quickie anal about some of the differences between the book and the movie, which I think feed into our, the queerness aspect and that it is, there's a lot of gay erasure. Uh, first off, Louis in the book does not have a wife or child. It's his brother that dies that sets him into this depression. So they added this obviously to make it, you know, make a little bit more sense. He has a heterosexual background. I, it's very obvious that they are lovers, that Lestat and open relationship, looking for a third, like they're always, but they are companions and there's way more homoeroticism. They share a coffin and even in the script, they were supposed to share a coffin. Tom Cruise was like, oh, I'm fine with all this other stuff. I ain't sharing a, a coffin with Brad Pitt. But can you imagine how cute it would have been to see mm-hmm. big Brad Pitt cuddling little Tom Cruise? <laughs> that would have been so cute. And very true to a very, very short top and a very tall bottom. Exactly. I, but ultimately, they got rid of a lot of this. And Rice did a lot of the uh, changes in this uh, for the screenplay even. They almost gender flipped Louie. And Cher <laughs> was the one who would who is in talks for that role, which also still gay, <laughs> but that's, that's my anal. Moving on to our next section for the gay gays. At Scare Gay, we have a system to review how accessible this film is to a gay audience. We're going to be looking at three things, queer realness, how gay is the subject matter and the characters, the writing, everything. Queer serve, does that, Does it understand what its audience is looking for? Specifically a queer audience, queer embrace. Has the queer audience actually embraced this film as a queer film? So Paul, what do you think? Um, Queer realness. Do you see any very direct things in this film that are, that say gay, 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 or lesbian, 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 trans, 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 whatever. I think that it's pretty obvious but I also think that 
it's also uh oh he's single because he's really sensitive like (laughs) like he's not he's not gay he's just he's artistic yeah i agree with you 100 percent like it's somewhere between suggested and overt it's overtly suggested that it's gay like two guys live together they like suck on each other they live together they're raising a duata together and then 100% 100% Armand's character is 100% gay. Like, it is really obvious. It's even, like, they, they don't identify him as gay, but they say he's in love with you and he wants to take you as his partner. Like, that is, like, almost, like, word for word. So, yeah, I think this movie is very, very gay. And any vampire thing is typically very sexual and fluid that way. Um, what about queer serve? Is it is it, like, through... Is it filtered in a gay way? I'll say this. The melodrama, yes. There's not a lot of like, you know, thirst, but it is melodramatic. And, you know, that that's something that queer audiences kind of like. They do like some melodrama, you know? What do you think? I think it serves the queer audience. I think, I'm just a child, but I think when this came out, I it would be interesting to see kind of what people or what queer people at the time thought, because I could see it being like, oh, yes, they're like kind of getting like, this is a little bit of representation, but kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Um. So, but, but, but you are getting what you want out of it. And I actually think probably even at that time, they're like, oh, wait, they're normal. We're on the road <laughs> to normalizing some of the yeah. stuff. Tom Cruise is in this. Like, so, well, yeah, I mean, I think this, I mean, this movie's gay as shit or, or this book, <laughs> the, like all of it's super gay. Yeah. No, f- for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, she wrote the book to be very overtly gay. And so it is a gay storyline. Like the storyline is gay Two men raising a daughter. And, you know, there's the love between two men and being taken by someone else. But, you know, in, in the sense of like, you know, like the devil wears Prada, there's, it's a lot of fashion. And like, that's something like gay audiences could really like. And Wonder Woman, it's like yeah. a woman being super strong and powerful. It's something queer audiences can really like. This doesn't have something like that. But the queer embrace, um, I think, probably initially not so much, but I think as historically, like looking back and hearing about it uh, in the 2022 lens, like, yeah, I think queer audiences have really come to embrace this film as a queer film. Claudia is what I really feel like the queer, or she brings the queer audience in because Kirsten Dunst is Kirsten Dunst and she's so good. And she's the drama. She's, She's in the book, she's even more vicious, but she's vicious in this book mm. or in the movie. And there's also something about her that like I've never really thought about until we started talking about it tonight. She's 12 year she is in a 12-year-old body, but her mind's growing. There's a trans aspect to it that I can, you know, just being stuck in a body that you don't, you know, really identify with. And that that breaks my heart a little bit. Mm. Like it breaks my heart for Claudia that, you know, she is this, you know, young person who's stuck or this older person stuck in this child's body. But imagine how, like, for our trans brothers and sisters and siblings, like, it's, you know. Yeah, for sure. That's my... But this movie's gay as fuck. Yeah, this movie's gay as fuck. Like, yeah, this movie's gay as fuck. It may not be a pride parade gay, but it's definitely a gay bar gay. You know, like, it's it's gay as fuck. Um, All right. Paul... Who you stabbing? So even though Tom Cruise was, you know, part of my spank bank growing up, uh, I'm actually going to say he did not age well, but I'm actually going to say Christian Slater is looking pretty, is looking pretty snack worthy. Um, even though Louie does not consider him a snack and bite him. But I think that he was, he was cute back in the day. Okay. How about you? Um, so my favorite character is Claudia, but it would be so weird to say I'm stabbing a child. So I'm not going to say that. Um, so I'm in thinking about this, like, okay, who do I find most, like, who, who do I find attractive? Like who, if I were single, I would be like, oh, this is the person I want to date. They have all these qualities that I like, including physical. Um, not many people in this <laughs> do like, you know, they're too arrogant or way too whiny. But at the end of the day, I would probably say Christian Slater's character because I do like that he, you know, I have always found Christian Slater to be attractive, um, but that doesn't really do much for me. Um, what what I really do appreciate about Christian Slater's character is that he looks at Louis and says, like, essentially, 
snap the fuck out of it. Like, that's it. You're whiny little bitch. Like, I love that. So I thought that was cool. So yeah, I'll say, what's his name? Wally? No. Woolworths? No. What's his name? The boy. You call him the boy. He's called Malloy. Malloy. But in the book, he's the boy. I'm also not being that pretentious person. It's like, oh, in the book, like that. I actually think the movie is better than the book, but in certain ways. So you all heard that. It's time for travel, host, or ghost. We have a grinder inspired rating system here. It's simple, split into three categories. Travel, you are going out of your way for this movie. A plus. Host, it's good enough, pleasurable, but you're not going to inconvenience yourself for this movie. Ghost, hard pass, not memorable, and we'd likely only revisit in a moment of desperation. Pablo, travel host or ghost? Um, I would say travel. I, I really do find this movie entertaining, charming, and honestly, it is all about Claudia's character. It's just cool. I, I actually, I love vampires. I think vampires are awesome. I prefer scary, like, bloodthirsty beast vampires but this is just a really cool film like i think it's i would love to show more people this film it's just great i totally totally travel but like i'll bring tissues and like earplugs because i don't want to hear louis cry you know paul travel horse to ghost i guess Hmm. technically i'm gonna say travel but like for i'm gonna say travel for others but for me today i'm gonna say host it's not it's something i definitely will watch again and, and everything but it does move a little slowly um but it is if you're gay and you're into horror movies i or if you're just a human being if you're from san francisco (laughs) you should see this movie or if you're a vampire you should see this film (laughs) i love vampires i was i've been a vampire like i was a vampire a million times when i was a little kid for halloween me too uh and i'm also obsessed with buffy the vampire slayer all right so thank you everyone for listening to interview with the vampire uh, pablo we have a, an episode coming out in a couple of weeks it is not any part of the scream franchise uh what are we doing we're doing this really fascinating film creep creep yeah just creeping it's really fucked up it's our first found footage film yes uh, but anyway i stay tuned for that now, if you want to follow us, you may follow us on Instagram at Scared Gay Podcast. Pablo, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram at The Exorcist SF. That is The Exorcist SF, T H E E X E R C I S T S F. What about you, Paul? You can find me at Paul You Ever Wanted on Instagram. Again, please, any ratings, reviews on Apple Podcasts are super appreciated. Uh, We're very excited to be part of this community and happy to bring all of you into ours. And with that, stay scared, stay safe, and maybe get a little gay. I'm Pablo. And I'm Paul. Bye. Oh, I'm gay!